This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. Hi, Morgan. Hi, Jenna. Hello. Hello. We are so happy you've all joined us today. We have an incredible, beautiful guest on today exploring a very, very important topic just for something different. You know us. Um, I would love to introduce Morgan Mellis. So Morgan Mellis Candle is a spiritual functional medicine practitioner and medicine woman. For over 10 years, Morgan has helped men and women create more radiant, connected, loving, healthy lives using a combination of traditional and state-of-the-art tools. Morgan approaches physical, emotional, and spiritual health by addressing the root issue found on one or more of the five levels of healing. Morgan facilitates both group and individual ceremonies, guiding people in creating daily spiritual hygiene and evoking the sacred feminine. Love it. So on point. I have to ask though, what are the five levels of healing? I'm dying to know too. Okay. So the basic level that we all mostly focus on is the physical level. Hmm. When you go up the levels, the next level is the emotional body then mm-hmm. the belief system, mm. and then we go to the uh, mental and energetic bodies, mm-hmm. and then the highest level is the spirit body. Oh, I love it. So yeah, we have the opportunity to really address all of those levels, and most of us are only addressing one or a few. Mm. Beautiful. And do you think that we cannot reach full homeostasis without approaching healing through all five levels? My belief system is that we have the opportunity to find the root of whatever ails us, mm-hmm. whether it be on a, on a health level or just in our lives, and that the roots are usually on the higher levels. So we can address the, the lower levels, the physical level, and at the same time, that can sometimes be just a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, we're going to get into all of that. Can things originate in the physical or not really? They can... And like a gunshot. It's an and because even the gunshot on some level. Mm, you co-created to, to get roots, that. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I'm so, I am so <laughs> on board with that. Okay, cool. So today's topic, reparenting yourself with Morgan Mellis. Jenna, do you want to give us your definition? Sure. I'll give you my stab at a definition for reparenting yourself. Most of us were raised by human parents who did not fully affirm and nourish all the potential and multidimensional aspects of ourselves. We often endured traumas in childhood or at least took on the imprint of the negative habits and patterns of our ancestral family line. We have been forced by old paradigm standards to keep the most beautiful parts of ourselves unblossomed. Now we each have the opportunity to reparent ourselves through mindful intention and process, healing our childhood wounds and giving ourselves permission to be our most authentic expression. Mm. And the future of humanity is depending on us understanding this concept and getting into action around reparenting ourselves because if we don't take mindful action to undo the negative inherited imprints, et cetera, et cetera, we're just going to be perpetuating the problems we're seeing today, aren't we? 
Yes, absolutely. So, this is an important topic. You nailed <laughs> the it. The future yeah? of the world yeah. depends on it. <laughs> Thank you. She always nails the definitions. Not always. Uh, I, didn't I don't know. know. I, I, I You've got a 99%. Always. Charlie Goldsmith was like, I have something to say about your definition. <laughs> I mean, that whole episode, we're really sorry about that, guys. That still haunts us. That was really just <laughs> technically in every way that was a terrible, terrible episode. So please don't judge us on that. <laughs> it's okay. But you know what? This you live and learn and we are very humbled there's something to be humbled by every day so we are definitely taking that in so morgan thank you so much for being with us today morgan by the way i was just saying first of all you look like you're about 14 and you look way more alien than human which kind (laughs) of makes makes sense sense with all this information you're tapping into i know when you said you had a 10 year old and an eight year old i was like did you have one you were 12 (laughs) maybe (laughs) what she is glowing we need to know all of your secrets she is glowing you're so youthful and shiny and vital. So thank you for sharing your energy with us. Mm. So why don't you tell us about how you came to discover this approach of reparenting and what the main approaches to reprogramming ourselves, if you want to call it that as well, are? Yes. So I was, I think every mom can relate to this. I was with my three-year-old daughter and my one-year-old daughter sitting on the floor in the kitchen while my three-year-old had a 45-minute tantrum. (laughs) And my one-year-old was crawling on top of me trying to nurse. And I'm trying to be present with my three-year-old. I had just started a new parenting technique called hand-in-hand parenting, where it's all about emotional presence, not permissive parenting, but not a lot of consequences, mostly just letting them fully feel their emotions, emote whatever they need to, and then kind of dealing with whatever arises from that point. Usually what happens is they're crying about the ice cream that they can't have for 45 minutes. At the end of the 45 minutes when everything kind of has fully processed, it wasn't about the ice cream to begin with. It was about the kid at school that said something to me and I didn't get to cry at that time and I had to shut it down. So I'm sitting there on the kitchen floor with my two kids crying and screaming and crying all over me and I had a moment where I wanted to cry Oh, yeah. I mean, I would be crying, too. Jenna's still crying. Normal moment for me. (laughs) Exactly. And I had a voice inside of me that said, you're not allowed to do that. Because as a child, I wasn't taught to feel my emotions. And what I realized is I was being a complete hypocrite with my children, teaching them, trying to show them, you can feel your feelings and I will be present with you and I will stay with you and it's safe for you to feel the full spectrum. And I wasn't doing that for myself, Mm. which I think is true for most parents today. We are not present for our own emotions. We are there, the caretakers, especially women. We're taking care of everyone else and everything else and holding it all together. But when do we give ourselves the time to really stay present with our emotions and allow the full spectrum? Well, I want to challenge that thought for a moment because I fully agree with the concept that it's therapeutic and healthy to allow your child to feel whatever emotions they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And the best way to process them is to let them live and be expressed without you shutting them down or judging them or shaming them on it. But when you say that you realized you weren't allowing yourself to show your full spectrum of emotion as well, um, I don't, I mean, for me personally, I feel as though they have, for me in my family, I've got Carrie and Valentine, my four-year-old, when I feel, say, rage as an emotion coming up and I'm having an argument with um, Carrie, my spouse, 
and Valentine walks in, I will intentionally withhold that and not show him that rage because in moments where he has seen that, it's really, really affected him. And I can see the terror, the fear of being unsafe. And I don't think that does benefit him when I'm fully transparent with my emotional range. So what do you say when um, it comes down to when it's appropriate to show them? Is it appropriate all the time just to show your full range of emotions or should there be boundaries around that? I 100% agree with you that that would be so so frightening for a child. And many of us have those traumas already encoded in us from seeing our parents in their full rage and not being responsible about their emotions. I think there is a way to be responsible. And I wouldn't say that you need to show all of your emotions to your children. I say you need to feel all of your emotions, but it's not about showing them. Being them there to hold space for them is one thing, but they're not there to hold space for us. Mm-hmm. We need to find a listening partner, a spouse, whoever it is to have a healthy uh, really relationship around our emotions and be held by another person if we need that. I do it a lot by myself. I have a place that I go. I like to go under the covers and fully just be with myself. And for me, that's my, you know, my safe space. That's to do amazing. It. Love that. And can I just interject? Because I had parents that did never showed me their full range of emotions and had a lot of emotion, but never shared that with me. And me as an empathic child, it caused a lot of anxiety in me because I, there was like, there was something Facade. out there, but I didn't know what it was. And it was, I could feel the energy of it, but I couldn't put my finger on that. It's yes. very confusing. It's really stressful. Well, that, even, that's damaging as well. Exactly. And so with my girls, like if I cry, I do sometimes cry in front of them. I don't rage around them. I don't, I, su- I sometimes show them that I'm angry, but I do it in a way that is, you know, I'm feeling this feeling and it's totally okay for me to feel this feeling. It has nothing to do with you. I just need to feel it. And to show that healthy relationship with the emotions, I think, is a really important aspect because the children are so energetically sensitive. Mm -hmm. They know everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. We don't have to tell them. They Mm -hmm. can sense it. And sometimes if we can give them reality around, yeah, I'm having a tough day and you have tough days too and Mm -hmm. it's totally okay. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important representing what you're discussing with your children rather than just lecturing on it and you not applying it to your own life. I think that's brilliant. I love to, um, when I live by the ocean, my safe place to rage, as you said, would be to run across to the beach and go swimming and I would duck underwater and just scream my guts out underneath, cry, Mm. scream, punch, everything underwater. It was kind of like Mm. my private little universe that I could release into. Now I do it in the bathtub because I'm nowhere near the ocean. But water, again. Yeah, of course. Do it in the car too. Yeah, I do the car. I was about to ask Jenna, where where is your safe space to rage? Well, the car feels like the only safe space for me to like rage or even like sing at the top of my lungs. (laughs) I do that too. Which I'm working on. Wow. Yeah, we all need Which that for space. me is a singing is a form of like rage because I have all this like singing in me that's so frustrated from my whole life. So it's 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 a I, I'm I need to sing and it's like a rageful thing. Let it out, girlfriends. <laughs> Let it out. Brilliant. Okay, so you had a moment, you were on the floor, you had the kids on you, and that's when you realized that there is no room for you to be a hypocrite and that your children are probably picking up and it's confusing them if you're saying one thing but being another. So how did that, allowing yourself to accept the process of moving through your own emotions and being um, semi-transparent with them about it when appropriate, how did that change your relationship to your children and your parenting approach? Well, what I realized in that moment was that I needed to do a lot more work on myself 
that I was not, that I wasn't being present for myself. When I started being present for myself is really when I transformed and started really looking at where did this suppression come from? Where was I taught that it's dangerous to feel angry? Where was I taught that um, certain emotions are not allowed? And what I realized is that we are human beings that depend on adults when we're children, right? Our, our survival depends on the adults, our caretakers. We can't take care of ourselves. And so what happens is we have parents who say to us when we have an emotion arise, a tantrum arise, go to your room, shut the door. When you got it all figured out, come on back because that part of you isn't lovable. Conditional love. Exactly. Exactly. So we dissociate from aspects of ourselves. I'm not that. I'm not the angry one. I'm not going to be the rageful one. I'm not going to be those, those parts of me are shunned. And instead of being part of us and we are, you know, our being, being whole, we relegate it to the shadow, mm. right? And then the shadow is then where we, our, our life is controlled by the shadow, the <sighs> aspects that are unintegrated. It seems very like, well said. Yeah. Very beautifully put. And so poetic. I can just visualize all of it. And it, almost feels like that is the root of this perfectionism issue that a lot of adults have where they don't want to show the brokenness, the shadow side, as you say, of themselves. It's not safe to, mm-hmm. to even to their own selves, let alone the people closest to them, like their husbands, their children, their, their family. Parents, yeah. And if you're holding in, you're bottling up your true authenticity and mm-hmm. humanness your whole life, that's a ticking time bomb. It is. <laughs> Just waiting to explode. I know. Exactly. Sing in the car, guys. (laughs) And so, okay, so you realized, you realized where it was coming from, which I think is such an important, beautiful place to start to think, okay, what is the root of this issue? And you personally tracked it back to when in my childhood did I feel like I couldn't express that? And was there a particular moment? Is there a story you have around the moment where you felt shut down to being okay with your full range of emotions? Well, for me personally, I don't actually have a lot of memories. So it happened at a very young age. And most of this, it does happen by, by the age of three. These programs are already set. By the age of five for some, and then definitely by the age of seven when our brain waves change. So it's really early on. It could even be in utero. Something wow. that we took on from our mother, her experience. The poisonous like umbilicus. Genetic <laughs> inheritance. Yeah. We're all about that. That's yeah. why the mamas have to clear all of that out before they pop a little and one it's in there. Not, there's no blame. There's no shame. Nobody knew about this mm-hmm. stuff. And still people don't know about it. And that's why we're talking about it because the more information that we can share about this, the more we can change the future generations. Mm-hmm. And this is how we change the world. That's mm-hmm. it. That's what we're all about. Totally. <laughs> okay, great. So take us through the next step. Once you realize the root of your problem, how yeah. did you start to re- like, release that and reprogram that in a healthy, yeah. mindful way? Okay, so I want to take it a little bit of a step back if great. we can. Yes, please. So one thing that is really important that, um, that I think for people to understand is that when we relegate these emotions, these taboo emotions that we were told are unlovable parts of us, they run us from the shadow. This is oftentimes why we're manifesting 
the life that we have where we're not getting the love that we want, that we're not getting the health that we want, we're not financially where we want to be, all these things. There's another component to this, which is related to our survival. So the experiences that we survive become the experiences upon which our continued survival depends. And I, should I say it one more time? No, so you guys I'm, get yeah, that? okay, yeah, okay. say it one more time because it's interesting. Yeah, it's really fascinating. The experiences that we have survived become the experiences upon which our continued survival depends upon. Mm-hmm. This is the reptilian brain. And the, the reptilian brain says, if I have ex- uh, survived this thing, whether it be trauma or uh, being shamed or not having enough of food or whatever it is, then that is survivable. Anything I haven't survived is not survivable. And this is also imprinted very early on, three around three years, by, th- by three years. So if we have an experience of being shamed around our emotions or any part of us, and then later on we as adults see that we're continuing to manifest relationships where our, a partner or a person is shaming us and we're having a similar experience, it's because some part of us knows that's survivable. We've already been there. We've done that. So it's kind of an integrated part of it because we need to stay present with our emotions. We need to reintegrate all those aspects of us in addition to knowing that it's probably a self-feeding circle kind of thing. So the first step is, yes, being present with your emotions. And the way that I started to do that, and I do this with my clients, because most people are so out of touch with their emotions, they don't even know how to start feeling feelings. And the first way is to just close your eyes and feel the sensation in your body wherever it comes up. If it's in your stomach or if it's in your head or your chest or wherever it really is to just go into the physical sensation because that's oftentimes the bridge to the feeling that most people are afraid to go to the feeling, but they'll go to the sensation. Once people can start doing that, then they can say to themselves and to that part of them, I'm here with you now. This is where you become the parent to yourself that you didn't have, the ever-present parent that's never going to abandon you for those feelings, for what you're going through, and going to stay present with you forever and always be there for you and never say, you're too much, you're not good enough, you're unlovable. So really, it's that easy. It's feeling the sensation, going into the sensation wherever it is in your body, and then just saying, I'm here with you now. I'm never going to leave you again. I am here with you totally, unconditionally. You can show me all of you and it's safe. And is there any visualization process that comes with this? Say you're in a child, you visualize yourself as a three-year-old or whatever it may be, or is it purely just a sensational um, uh, process? Yeah, as you go along, you can definitely ask yourself, when was the first time I felt this way? And usually an answer will come to you right away. I was three years old. I remember the situation. I remember who it was. Whatever comes, the first answer, best answer. And that really, and then you can visualize yourself in that age if you want. You can do whatever you want. You can take it anywhere you want to go. And for most people, they do envision themselves as that child talking to that being. Such a powerful insourcing tool. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. Really powerful. It's like when you said it, I felt like almost like the air got stiller in the room and just like this like profoundness was just coming. Well, I was about to say, I have two questions that came to my mind when you were talking. One of them was 
when you were talking about how the shadow which we push away, which gets created when we're younger, when we're shamed out of feeling certain ways, comes back, cycles through our adult life again and manifests as uh, resistance, energetic resistance or blockages in our life, financially, relationship, whatever. Can you give us a personal example of something that you experienced or maybe Jenna, you and I could maybe think of one in the circumstance Um, Something we experience, which we pushed away, which is then continuing to reappear as a theme throughout our lives. Because I love that connection that it's something stagnant energy, which you haven't moved into, loved and accepted and healed yet. And therefore spirit, your higher self life continues to manifest it until it slaps you across the face and you're like, oh yeah, I actually need to heal this root cause, heal this. And then my life will start to shift and open up. Yeah. So does anyone have any examples just so the listeners can then apply this to their own life and make it really simple for them to think about their own situation? I mean, I, I have one that came to mind. Great. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's kind of going back to like this singing theme because that's apparently the theme right now for me. Um, but it goes to that and it's that... It has to do with my throat chakra and it has to do with um, coming from a family that didn't want me to express myself and always constantly reeling it in for exactly the reason that you said. I was, if I was fully myself, I would be unlovable. Their love is conditional. If, if you don't make them comfortable, then it's going to be, you're going to get pushed away. So I learned very early to reel it in, reel it in, reel it in, reel it in, reel it in. And so I realized that it's caused a lot of frustration because I want to just be myself. I want to like bloom out as myself, but instead I'm like just constantly reeling it in. And I realized that a lot of the, the circumstances in my current life is still causing me to reel it in all the time. And so I'm just really noticing that now and trying to either bust through and not care if it makes people uncomfortable or um, find people who support me in my muchness or, um, you know, and like more than anything, just trying to find a lot of ways to, to shift this throat chakra blockage, whether it be rollerblading for 45 minutes to get that chi going, whether it be acupuncture, whether it be singing at the top of my lungs and just not caring, all these things, um, are helping me push against that frustration. So where is the actual manifestation in your adult life? That is correlated well, like for to the example, moment. Like Jesse, like, and I had a, a fight last night about exactly this, where I was like, you know what? Like, because he doesn't like when I play and sing on the piano, I can just tell it like bothers him, you know, and it causes me to reel it in. It's like, I feel like when I am like playing and super happy and then he comes home and I'm like, just trying not to be. I love you playing the piano. It is Thanks, the sweetest Amber. thing on earth. It's like sweet honey nectar just floating through the room. I love it. I got to play you my new song, which is not my song, but it's from the Lady Gaga movie. Oh my gosh. I'm going to put it on song. our Instagram story. Guys, song. look out on um, the Insta story. But anyway, okay, so, so it's um, manifested yeah, in and it's like, unrest and it's exactly in your relationship. what you said. It's like, that's safe for me. It's like, I survived that with my family. So I found a husband that was like kind of of that same mindset and it caused me to do the same thing. But I now need to shift that in, for my own health. And mm. hopefully he's on board. <laughs> well, he has to be. Otherwise, Jesse's getting the boot. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> hopefully you're not listening to that part, Jess. <laughs> I had the exact same experience as a child. I also had a family where I was too much. I had too much desire. I always wanted too much. I wanted to be too much, too shiny. And so I 
did. I put so many layers of filters on top of myself and I couldn't really, and I manifested a husband, my first husband, who's oh. my ex-husband wow, now. you even have an ex-husband? Bye-bye. I love this. Okay, you've lived like many lives. Totally, like yes, I'm, I'm definitely an old soul. Um, but uh, he, totally emotionally abusive relationship, really toxic. And uh, until I started doing this work, then I realized that I had to start living from the place of, what would I tell my daughters to do in this situation? And that was the catalyst to be, you know, to completely change. And now I have a husband that loves my desire, welcomes every single part of me. It is the most incredible relationship I've ever had in my entire life. So, See, he's a manifestation. He's a mirror of the work you've exactly. done. That inner exactly. work shows up as him. Yes. And then you're like, oh, look at all the work I've done. I'm with this incredible man that exactly. sees me, gets me, and also yes. holds you to that place. He, he does sound incredible. We might have to interview both of you guys you on the guys podcast about relationships. He's incredible. He's going to blow your that. mind. Wow. Well done. <laughs> Because <laughs> really, that's you know, everyone wants a shortcut to find the love of their life. And mm-hmm. whenever I'm discussing it with clients or with friends, I always say, are you going inward and finding that love within your own self? Yes. Have you sorted through the layers and layers of fear and brokenness and yes. like negative programs that don't suit you? And when you're on that other end, the irony is you don't really care if you're with someone or not. Mm-hmm. You are so complete and whole and mm-hmm. good with your own space that that's the energy, that authentic authentic wholeness and self-love that's the energy that attracts your life partner like the life partner that I mean and at the same time even if you do have a little bit of brokenness that person that you attract is kind of helps you tune it up to that final bit piece of the puzzle or like triggers you to realize it yeah he motivates me so much to fully step into my worthiness he is such a great teacher for me and it's it's I mean it's mutual both goes both ways but it's fabulous it's incredible I love it so great yeah okay so if I had to think of something that is manifesting my adult life that happened when I was a child which is a, a red flag of something that I need to track back to and release in order to stop perpetuating the negative cycle um, funnily enough, it's around singing as well. <gasps> what? Yeah. I no- notice how I'm kind of terrified to sing and yeah. I've got the story around myself being completely tone deaf, which I'm still not sure if people just feel sorry for me. So they're like, no, you're fine. Or if I really am tone deaf, I'm <laughs> very suspicious. You should record yourself and then listen yeah. back. Yeah. That's a good idea. So I was singing in the car when I was a little girl and I remember just feeling like so open and free and joyful and and I was really proud about this song that I had learned and so I started belting it out and singing it and I remember distinctively my mum saying, oh God, Amber, please stop. That is terrible. I can't listen to anymore. You're completely tone deaf and off key. And from that moment... I never sung and never felt confident and just withheld Mm -hmm. it. And the way I think what's coming up for me, how it manifests is that if I have the slightest inkling that I'm not naturally good at something, I won't try it. I won't put myself Mm -hmm. out there because I'm so terrified of being ridiculed or it just being totally against my grain and being a waste of time, but mostly being shamed and ridiculed for it. And that, I think, manifests in a lot of, um, you know, missed opportunities and pockets in my life which I could stretch into but I don't just to stay safe. And as we know, it all comes down to children feeling and wanting to be safe. And if they don't feel safe, then 
you know, that manifests in really negative ways for the rest of their life. Yes, absolutely. And there are ways to revise the software because really that's what it is. We don't want to kill it because it's part of us, right? We want to revise it. And some of the tools, this is really something that you need to work with a practitioner around to do that. But it's something that is definitely easily, you know, accessible. And it's not something that we have to live with as a victim our entire lives. We are the the villains of our own story, right? Like totally, without the definitely. villain, there is no story without mm-hmm. uh, Joker. Lightness and darkness. Without darkness, without, without the Joker, there's no Batman's just riding around in the car, <laughs> eating yeah. McDonald's or throwing something out, like that. <laughs> throwing out batter meringues every now and then, chatting yeah. with Robin. No fun, no you need story. need villain for yeah. the zero's yeah. journey. So we can take full responsibility. We don't have to play the victim. I, I was just going to note on something I noticed about all three of our things, um, which kind of connects into the divine feminine rising, which is like um, about the female voice being like quieted because the emotions of the female rage and all of that is like too much. Do you know what I yes. mean? And just don't do that. That's uncomfortable. Like shut it down. And I feel like that actually has to do a lot with our ancestry of just mothers after mothers after mothers just being shut down from their voice or just be a good wife, be a good daughter. Like don't feel your emotions, take care, take care of others. And it's like this, I think that affects a lot of females. And you know, what's interesting as well, when you were saying that, I saw this pull out, like, you know, when you're watching a film, the lens is pulling out mm-hmm. on the scene. Mm-hmm. Like in my mind's eye, I just saw this pull out of my mom barking at me, telling me it's too much. And then that pulled out to her mom barking at her. And so on it went through the generations. the British are the worst the at worst. Like, <laughs> telling people to like, just not communicate. Yeah. And you know, when I think up. about it, um, my mom w- was a great performer when she, she was. was young. She was so confident. She could sing and dance and everything. And I remember her telling me a story about she would jump when her parents had dinner parties, she would jump up on the table and start dancing. And she <laughs> she got annihilated by her mother, who was the British one. And so she never danced again. And so there's something being repeated, mm-hmm. whether it's genetic coding, emotional, physical, spiritual mm-hmm. genetic coding, or whatever it may be. But I think what's so important, the absolute root of this conversation today is to not allow history to repeat itself in regards to those negative cycles and that it can stop now with us. Mm -hmm. If we take on responsibility to do the inner work and apply mindfulness, then we can break that and offer our children a clean slate. Yeah. And doing it for our children and doing it for ourselves mm-hmm. and our I mean, ancestors. How many times have you had a moment where you, have you ever had this moment where you start to make the face that your mom made to your kid and you're like, oh shoot. How bad I did is that it? Today. It's awful. I literally like, call myself doing that today. <laughs> the worst thing is it's, when our partners say, you sounded so much like your mother just then. They want to be punched oh, at that man. point. That <laughs> is such a trigger point for every single woman. It is unconscious. And our parents did it unconsciously too. And mm-hmm. that's the point. It's like, it's not malicious. It's just unconscious. Mm-hmm. So you were stepping, I would like you to step us through a very quick um, exercise of guiding someone to recognizing that sensation, visceral sensation, yeah. which they may be holding in as a blockage and how to release that. It could be like 30 seconds, a minute, whatever you would do for yourself, yes. just so you can take Jenna and I and the audience through a quick process of how to implement this yourself. Okay. So... Let's just pretend that you had a really rough day mm-hmm. and it's the end of the day and you maybe want to reach for that glass of wine. Something like <laughs> Everyone's that. looking at me, guys. <laughs> I'm on my third day wine detox. It's always organic sulfur-free wine, but wine nevertheless. 
she's but, really proud but of this me. is the thing you can look at it instead of grabbing whatever it is for the calming mm-hmm. maybe you had a rough day so you're home kids are asleep you took a shower you're ready for bed whatever it is you can go into the quiet space of yourself and fully just invite in everything that happened in that day invite in everything that you didn't have time to feel because you were on the go, you were in traffic, you were taking care of the kids, you're working. You're speaking to Amber right now. Yeah. <laughs> All the things that we don't really allow ourselves to feel because we are on the go. We are in this masculine world of go, go, go. The feminine part of us, which men and women have, the feminine needs to quiet, stop, and be. Go in. Go allow. inside. Yes, allow. So... Just imagine it's the end of the day and you're recapping everything that happened during the day. It's almost like a stirring up of all the things that you didn't allow yourself to fully feel. And what will happen is things will start to arise. And if you put your focus on being self-centered, not in the self-centered way, that the, the negative connotation, but fully being present with yourself you will feel the sensation arise. It might be in your heart. It might be somewhere else. But just putting your attention there and telling that part of you, it's okay to be here. It is safe for you to be here. I'm here with you now. And just when you say those words to yourself, allow whatever wants to come up. Sometimes it's tears. Sometimes you want to scream. Sometimes you want to laugh. And laughing is also a way of purging. Laughing and crying is the same release, yeah. according to Joni Mitchell. <laughs> I'll always choose laughing. <laughs> so whatever really needs to come up. And staying with that until it runs out, just allowing it. You can ask yourself the question, when was the first time I felt this feeling? And when you do that, whatever answer arises is the correct answer. And being with that version of yourself, really fully staying with that version. She might need a hug. She might need someone to hold her hand and like walk her across the street to the park. Mm. Whatever she needs. And in your mind's eye, do that. Do whatever it is that she needs. Because that. that part, that's how we welcome back that part of us that was too loud, too shiny, too, too deaf. Yes, to all those things. That's how <laughs> we'll we welcome her back. We say, it's safe for you to come back. It's safe for you to be here. I want to know all of you. Mm-hmm. Time to rewrite that script. Yes, exactly. So exactly. beautiful. I it's love a great advice. I love being able to embrace and give your child, inner child, whatever she needed in that moment that mm-hmm. she couldn't get however many years ago. Exactly. And oh, it so often empowering. is. We don't, because we, we shut it down for so many years, we often don't even know that it's a feeling that needs to be felt or it's a part of us that wants to be reintegrated. So it is sometimes like the reaching for the chocolate or it is sometimes the, you know, going on Netflix when you don't really, you know, you're just trying to numb out because there's something there that needs to be felt. And we're in a society of numb, you know, numbing out constantly everywhere you go. You're on the internet, you're on the social media because what would happen if you were just with yourself? That's just it. Everybody is trying to distract themselves from the practice that you just outlined, you know? Which is a brilliant red flag to look out for. If you're out there soothing, putting band-aids on your frustration or anxiety or whatever it may be, 
that is an indication that there is something wanting to come to the surface to be released and be healed. And that's your indication, your call to action to just be with yourself and, you know, and the apply first, this process. Exactly. And the first thing, the first step that you take might not be doing this process. It might just be calling yourself out on your shit. I am reaching for the chocolate right now because I don't want to fucking feel those feelings. And just name it and claim it. At least you it. eat the chocolate with don't, mindfulness. Yeah. <laughs> don't shame yourself around it. Just start by calling yourself out and not having the shame around it because we can we take the shame away and the guilt away and the blame away. That's really where we can then fully be with it without all the story. Mm, I love that. I actually naturally started doing... Um, this exercise this morning in my meditation. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I woke up at 6.30. I was gloating to the girls before. I'm usually up 15 minutes before I have to run out the door with Valentine, like a headless chicken just going crazy. But I woke up at 6.30 and I meditated with the two boys next to me, spread eagle on the bed. And I, I naturally, my, I guess my um, you know, higher self, my inner wisdom was guiding me through taking inventory of whatever needed to be um, released and, and accepted. So that's a great way to just kind of integrate it into your meditation practice at the end of your day, perhaps. I also do it in yoga. I find yoga is such a brilliant place to stretch into and breathe into, connect the emotional and physical bodies and just release and face what during the day or the day before or that week had been pent up. So there are great ways, practical ways to just have rituals, daily rituals, so we keep on top of our spiritual inventory, spiritual cleaning. And just um, just this side thought that like when we do this, it, we could experience negative emotions that are coming up. So I feel like that's the barrier for a lot of people. They're like, oh, a negative emotion, like I can't. That's the intention is but to that feel that. But that is the intention, you know, so just embracing that instead of, um, you know, yeah, and that it. would be, as you said, the mantra, I am safe. That would be a great mantra to um, implement when you're feeling like retreating from that intense emotion because we've been taught it's not okay. Mm -hmm. So no wonder everyone's retreating and distracting themselves. Mm -hmm. But to just hold that little girl, see her, hug her and say it's safe, it's okay. You're allowed to feel whatever you're feeling. Brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people in the conscious manifesting community would, would <laughs> tell you, not to feel those negative feelings because you're going to manifest more of them. Oh, right? I forget that. I'm Don't not, listen to those yeah. people. Which is not the case, which is not the case because it's already there. We're spending so much energy. Emotion is energy in motion, right? What resists persists. Exactly. We're resisting it. So until we integrate it, welcome it back, it's still running the show. Even if you think you're not paying attention, you are. So true. And what you were saying before, before we got on the air here was about neutrality and about how neutrality is really the highest point of view. So to just to even be able to witness those negative emotions with neutrality is transformative. Yeah. Is that considered shadow work? Is that what people, yes. I, it's, it's becoming a bit of a buzzword in the kind of conscious communities. Well, if it's a buzzword, beware. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is, it's a good thing. Come on. <laughs> Not all buzzwords are bad. Yes, I don't know. this is shadow, shadow yeah, work. Yeah, shadow work. I think it's brilliant. It's just, yeah, accepting yeah. the shadow side. We are light and dark duality of life. And that's neutrally, that's fine. That's from a neutral perspective. That's that is. Well, that's the thing when you it take away you. when you take away the shame, blame, and guilt, 
and you just name it for what it is, it does take away the charge. Mm -hmm. There's no polarity. Mm -hmm. It just is. It just is. And then it will stop the manifestation cycle in your life because it wants to be expressed, that energy. And if you're not moving through it, it's probably going to be channeled, as you said, in bad relationships, in like money issues, whatever it may be. Health. Health. One thing that I really noticed for myself is that when I started feeling fear and allowing it to come up, I was afraid to feel fear. And this happens for actually a lot of people. So what I did was I visualized it as a pink wave of ocean, a wave, an ocean wave. And I called it pink instead of fear and took away the connotation around fear. Mm. And every time I would feel that feeling, I would say, here comes the pink, you know, and I would ride it like a wave. Wow, you really are Beautiful. quite a genius. <laughs> this is excellent. This is what I was talking excellent in this no week's one. Insta post around reframing. If you can reframe the yes, things that exactly. you have been programmed to move away from or to be afraid of, this is that will then change your perspective to move into it. Brilliant. And take the power away, as exactly. you said, like neutralize the charge. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Brilliant. And did you change the name of it, did you say? I just called it pink. And pink. I visualized it as pink wave washing over me because that felt okay to me to feel. Mm. I took the fear connotation. Now I can feel fear all the time. It's no big deal. <laughs> but I couldn't before. Wow. And I would resist so it. You know, mm. as soon as we allow it to wash over us, it comes through and it sweeps away and it's done. It doesn't take much time. Mm. We resist it. It takes a lot of time. It's through years and years and years. A whole lifetime. Exactly. People operate their entire lifetimes on their fear-based exactly. systems, the things they're holding in. Exactly. And it I is not fun. I have fear left from past lifetimes. See, there we go. You're still working on it from a thousand years ago. <laughs> wow. This is so brilliant. So I want to know, how has your relationship with your children changed um, and how have you seen them change since you have stepped into being um, a different version of yourself? Yes. Oh, so profound. It's hard to <laughs> even put into words. But um, my children, what I see is that they are extremely emotionally intelligent because I walk my talk and they do. As they, they have the space to do that. So they will sometimes come home from school and say, I really need to cry because I couldn't do this at school. There was no one there that I could do this with. And I really need to just cry. And I sit with them and we just, I just hold them and then they go off and play. And it's no big deal. It is incredible to watch the transformation both in them and in me and in our relationship together because the ability for them to come fully with all parts of themselves to me and for me to accept and know all the parts. We didn't show all the parts of ourselves to our parents and not to ourselves and not to our spouses until we start to do this. And then we can start to show up fully as ourselves. And really, I mean, I think it feels it feels better than anything else to fully be yourself without the shame, without the blame, without the guilt, with all the stuff. So really it's been a huge transform- transformative experience for me with the kids, for our relationship, for the kids, I can imagine. for everyone. Yeah. And also the fact that you trust, you know that you can show up as your full self, your light, your dark, the ugly, the beautiful, and it's safe. You'll still be loved. Yes. You'll still be accepted. You'll still have a husband at the exactly. end of the day. It's okay. And I think the important thing in this context is to start to work in a partnership around the same language, the same practices and rituals. So it is a common language in your family and your husband is on the same page. I would say that definitely enroll your partner, enroll them in the game because they probably need this as much as you do. Oh yeah. Men are so run by fear that they're not going to be accepted if they cry. Which is what my husband and I do for each other Mm -hmm. all the time. 
and it's incredible. And he talks about it on all of his, he has a podcast as well. You guys have to come really? on his podcast. Oh my God, we are yeah. so, on, we're on it. Also the accountability factor, you know, like having someone who knows the context of your marriage and your parenting philosophy and can hold you accountable and can spot when you're slipping out and say, hey, that's not what we're committed to or can be that when you forget so you can meet them there. It's really, it would be so brilliant for two people to be on board with this concept. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. Oh, we're going to have to sit the men down. <laughs> Maybe we should do it together. Maybe we'll have a better totally. chance. It's time you get to have an intervention. Yes. That's a much more subtle way. Yeah, it never comes, and, yes. and they never hear it when it comes from the wives. It's, it's better from, to come, if from it comes a man. from If it comes from another man yeah, especially who has a podcast, yeah, and oh, they're like, definitely going to listen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's a really great... We need to send all of the husbands to your husband. We'll set it up. We just have a little party. They won't even have to know that that's what's going to be We'll just go to dinner. We'll just make it really subtle. I love that. Okay, so let me think of some other interesting questions we have on this. Um, hmm. I have one. Yes. How how do you think... Because obviously as a society, we don't have this as a common practice. How would you like to see this integrated into common knowledge... And how do you see that happening, if so? Well, the thing is that I think that the, the real change is going to come when parents start doing it for themselves and for the children because we're changing two generations at a time. Mm-hmm. And that really is where we're changing the future when we change, our chil- when we change the dynamic with our children. I also want to, sorry, interject yeah. that you said two generations at the same time. Yeah. We have this concept, and I know that you're on the same, on board with the same concept, is that as we heal, we actually heal our lineage. So yes. we go backwards and yes. our lineage heals and there's something that gets severed, a weight that gets lifted that they were carrying. So, I, sorry, I want you to finish your point and then I'm going to ask you about have you seen since applying this practice and taking it on and cutting that genetic inheritance which wasn't serving you, have you seen any change in your parents? That's a great question. Well, it's so funny too. because I just had a conversation with my mom yesterday. Yesterday? It's like all perfect. The universe yeah. is so perfect. It really is. It all is perfect. So synchronistic. Um, and she is, she, you know, she's the grandmother. So I did say to her, this is how I'm parenting my children. You got to be on board, at least when you're with them. You don't have to do this all the time, obviously, but this is how I need you to be when you're with them. So she does step it up, but it has really transformed even on a metaphysical level because she sees me living a happier life. It's been also very confronting. Mm -hmm. So don't be surprised if you get some kickback. Of course. It is so confronting because I did the same thing. I reinvented my approach to parenting because what I was inheriting looked pretty grim. And my mother was in so much of her own pain when she was parenting me that she was blinded. She was unable to see beyond just coping with herself. Mm-hmm. Survival that mode. She couldn't, yeah, mindfully apply language and action and being what she would want me to be. So because I have done enough work to cut that and to recalibrate into a direction of positive mindful parenting it and she's so in love with valentine her only grandson and whenever we go to australia to stay with her she stays with us it's usually in long stints it's usually a month or six weeks and it's i've noticed it's extremely confronting it's probably very like she's relieved but it's confronting for her to see the way I have done things because it reminds her of how much she could have done. And there's my recent trip with her, a 
brought up so much guilt and so much pain for her. And she just sat me down and said, I'm so sorry that I couldn't be the type of parent to you that you're being with Valentine. And it just shows me how much I had to move through and that I'm making up for those lost years with you guys, me and my brothers, by being a grandmother now and she gets to kind of heal her own wounds through being a grandparent. So it's confronting, but if they open up to it and can shake off the, the shame and the pride, it's a whole new world that you are inviting your mother into for her healing. Yeah. And that's so beautiful that your mom was able to go to that place of recognition without getting into the ego. Mm. It doesn't sound like she went into the ego and maybe she did at certain times, but it sounds like the specific time that you're talking about, she was really able to fully uh, take in the medicine that you were offering Mm -hmm. as a possibility. Yeah. And any excuse to get into the pain body as well. But I guess that's okay as long as you know how to navigate out of it and transmute the pain body. But as soon as we enjoy sticking in the pain body and sticking in that story, that's when it can be, it can be, you know, really life threatening. (laughs) We need the tools to be able to recognize the pain body, jump in and then transmute it. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Integrate it. Yeah. It's all about integration, isn't it? It's all about being whole, being our full source stream. That we were meant to be here fully emanating this source stream that you and I and each individual are instead of feeding on the light from other people, other beings, the cords, all the stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is this just for the people who are listening who are having an aha moment and who want more resources to hold them, to have some structure over their parenting approach, are there any um, parenting philosophies or styles that support this approach that people can read books on and can do courses on and start to really play with? There are so many. We're so lucky. The, the one that I really am fond of and feel a strong connection to is hand-in-hand parenting. There's also Laura Markham, positive parenting. There's conscious parenting. There are so many resources on, on the uh, hand-in-hand website, handinhandparenting.org, I believe. They have tons of resources and about playing and special time and being with your kids and all the things. And really, they're all applicable for us adults as well. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Just big kids over here. Kill two birds and one stone. (laughs) I love that. It's such motivation. And mothers are usually so selfless and feel like to be a good mother, you just have to be at the service of everyone else. But it's this philosophy of when you heal, everyone else is healing around you as well. It's such an important philosophy to get, that self-care where you really need to take the first step and be an example of what it looks like to embrace your emotions if you want your kids to take it seriously and it be second nature, like you said. And also to treat yourself the way that you would treat your children because we are so self-sacrificing. So we sometimes do put the kids before us, the husband before us, the partner, whoever it is. But to say, what would I tell my, my daughter to do in this position? What would, you know, for me, that was the question that I used to get out of my, my very toxic marriage until I asked myself that question. I couldn't even get out of the marriage. I was so stuck. Wow. So really, I think when we put ourselves, we would never do anything that would be harming our children, but we often are self-harming, unfortunately. And then what message is that sending your children? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Energetically, exactly. physically, all of it. Wow, such good stuff. Fascinating, great. Oh my gosh, love it all. Reparenting, high five to the max. High five. Oh, love that. We're going to do a three-way high five. Ready? We'll try. Uh, 
Oh, I wish we had video of that. It's all right. Like People a get bird's a eye view video, like a drone footage. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow, amazing. So any more questions we are channeling from the audience that people would want to know before we wrap up? Is there anything else, Morgan, that on this topic that you feel is really potent that ties, ties everything up? I think we really said it all. I think it just starts with us being, being the example, walking our talk, and then, of course, our children. So I think that really at the end of the day, it's a, it's a full holistic approach. I love that. And isn't it incredible just taking a step back and really noticing how interconnected we all are? The mother is the son of the family. And unless she is shining and balanced and happy, it just it just leaks into all the other interconnected relationships into her life. And so for the for the state of your own family's happiness and health, we really have to work on taking on self-care and self-love as something you know, true priority. Jenna's worked that out massively. Well, I wouldn't say I've worked it out, but I've you, you're taken working steps on it. towards taking care of myself versus like never even considering it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Well done. Well, that was amazing. Can we offer our audience an invitation to this? And then I want, actually, before we do the invitation, Morgan, why don't you tell us what you're up to in the world, your Instagram, your website, how people can get in touch with you, all of that good stuff. Yes. So I see private clients and I also do group coaching from all over the world. So I do remote uh, via Skype or Zoom. And I also am working on creating a retreat center right now in Los Angeles. So I'm open to partnerships and you can reach out to me through my website, which is morganmellis at uh, .com, www.morganmellis.com. And then I'm also at Instagram, morgan.mellis. I'm going to be following you Brilliant. as soon as this is yeah. over. And you know what else? We're going to link all your info to the show notes so people can just go there to find you. And okay. also, why don't yeah. we link up some of those books that Morgan yeah, recommended I'm, as well? Yeah, everything you mentioned, when, when I go back through and listen, I'll, I'll link it all. So easy finding Brilliant. for people. And for our audience who are listening, good job. You joined the right party today. Um, th- my invitation for you, my big takeaway for you this week is to try on the practice that Morgan stepped us through, that little meditation where you find a quiet space, you close your eyes, you go inward and you allow yourself to feel whatever emotions you haven't allowed yourself to process during the day, during the week, move into it, give it a name, visualize your little girl if you're a visual person. And you're a girl. And and your little girl, oh boy. <laughs> or just gender neutral, everything's fine. Human, let's just say human, which we realize there aren't even many humans left anymore. Alien, anyway, let's just say alien. <laughs> creature, whatever creature being, you are. Whatever being you are. That's it. Allow yourself to hold that being, love that being, tell that being what it needed to hear in that moment when it, it didn't have the love and attention and presence it needed and just let it go and let us know how the process was for you and let us know the ripple effect that that step in healing has in the rest of your life. Good work. Go forth and heal and create little light beings to change the world because that's really what we're hoping for here. The mother-loving future depends on it. It's very true. Indeed. 
And with that, guys, we want to thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you, Morgan. Spreading your beautiful, glowing face and love and light and wisdom all over us today. Mm -hmm. So inspiring. And um, thank you everyone for listening and being with us on this episode. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. This is a big team effort. So we adore you and thank you for being on this journey with us. If you did like today's episode, it would really mean a lot to us and help us grow and spread the light and love if you shared this episode. Um, if you left us a review and five stars, every little bit counts. So thank you so much for being with us and we will feel you with us next week. Bye, guys. Ta-ta. Bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.